Welcome to the Times Lakers show. Brad Turner, Dan Wykey. Do you ever just stop, BT, and just marvel at the fact that you cover, that we cover the NBA's greatest in-season tournament team in the history of this final league? No team, BT, ever has been has been more victorious in the in-season tournament than the Lakers, who, who won the tournament, who won the hearts and the minds of this country, who won, most importantly, $500,000. BT, we were both there. Um, What did you think of Vegas? Did you have a nice time? I was there for only two days, and not the 22 you were there, spending the LA Times money. I'm glad I went. You stayed in, like, Henderson. You, like, were barely in Las Vegas. You know, I was glad that Bill Plaskin did not want to go, that Dylan Hernandez did not want to go because they were on the short A or tiny wind wagon. I love the energy. I love the action. I love the game. I love watching LeBron James and AD do what they did. Love your guy, Austin Reeves. It was a fun, fun time. Even though my seat was really, really high up there, but yeah. I didn't I didn't care. You know, I think the quarterfinal games were good proof of concept for what this could be like um, in terms of, you know, high intensity. I mean, BT, that game in L.A. felt like a playoff game. So then you take that and you bring it to another market, which, by the way, people haven't had time to get to. It that That is sort of one of the kind of flaws in the premise, right? If you're a Pacers fan, um, it's right. not super. Three weeks before Christmas to just jump on a plane and fly to Las Vegas, right? Like that's in my household, that would be an ask. That'd be a pretty big ask. Honey, I love Tyrese Halliburton so much. I must leave you and my family for the holidays to fly to Las Vegas to watch potentially only one basketball game. So I think there were some questions about what the environment was going to be like. I, I think, you know, tickets were a little slow. Um, for a stretch and I think you know we hear things like oh the league was so happy that the Lakers are going to be there they fixed it for the Lakers some version of that um, I don't believe that stuff happens I will tell you the league was happy that the Lakers were there it, it, I mean Vegas is functionally a home market for the Los Angeles Lakers tickets went up in price they went up in demand down in scarcity Um mm-hmm. You know, so that I think really, really helped. And I wonder what it will be like there, BT, when, you know, it's the Memphis Grizzlies and the um, Charlotte Hornets playing in the finals in three years. Hey, Dan, when that happens, I may no longer be covering the NBA. You don't want to go? No, it's the trip. You get that one. That's a thing that I am not worried about right now. That is for Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, to worry about. For me, I had a great time, and I just like the fact that LeBron James was so into it, because he is the league's iconic star. And to have him being that into it, to be so engaged in it, because he wanted to be the first to do something first. Thursday night the Lakers play the New Orleans Pelicans win in advance. Um, to me, the moment of that game, BT, happened in the first quarter, and it's when LeBron James took a charge from Zion Williamson. Yes. Um, 
He, and by the way, then those are two big men. Except that Zion is a bigger, bigger man trying to fit into his uniform without stretching it all the way completely. I wrote I wrote that he's shaved like a door frame. Like that guy is just like he's massive. But he took that charge, BT, and he popped up and he sprinted down the court to the other corner. Yes. And then and then it was sort of like, all right, like this dude's ready to play. Like he is here for this. That game is tight in the first quarter. Lakers even down a little bit. And then LeBron, I think, hit what three three straight threes, right, BT? Yes. I mean, and one that, of them was it one was like a step curry type three just yeah. past half court. And he played BT one of I mean, it it's an all-time good game. Like, like it is, I know that sounds crazy. There's tons of hyperbole you can use about LeBron James. Um, but to do what he did in only 22 minutes, I think he finished like a plus 36 or something like that in those minutes. Um, had, what, 30 points, eight assists. Um, nobody in NBA history had ever been plus 36 with 30 and eight before. Um, I did in less than 23 minutes. I did kick around some other numbers on this BT and did find there were some other like really kind of crazy games where guys were like plus 50 in 20 minutes. I think Wally Zerbiak actually holds the record for a fewest minutes to be like that high in a plus. Um, but uh, all-time great game. I mean, perfectly orchestrated. And we have both had conversations with sources about this. BT, they all said the same thing. Cleveland LeBron. It was amazing to see and to watch. And that was one reason why I wanted to go to Vegas because I don't want to, I don't want to take the bond is for granted. And yeah. they'll say, oh, it was another game. It's another moment for him. No, each of these moments are special. And they should be provided that way by us, by the fans, by the media, by his critics. So if, if the semis was about LeBron, um, the finals was about AD. Um, and an Anthony Davis game where um, he was the best player on the court, PT. And... Yes. Uh, you know, they, they jokingly, I would always kind of roll my eyes a little bit when Darwin would call him Wilt Davis last year. It's kind of like, you know, okay, like, okay, guy, <laughs> let's slow this down a little bit. Um, I'm not saying this was like a Will Chamberlain game, but like 40-20, the shot blocking, um, the shot changing, um, you know, so active in doubling Tyrese Halliburton, and taking the ball out of his hands. Um, they are, I, I mean, this was a defensive masterclass against the best offense in the league. And in the middle of it was Anthony Davis, the most dominant player. Um, a little bit of an uneven game, tons of whistles. Um, yes. But, man, what a, what a game from Anthony Davis. Got hurt in that game, came mm -hmm. back, played through it. Uh, finish the job. We'll see kind of, you know, what sort of lingering effects are to that. Uh, just you were in the building. What did you think of the finals? You know, one thing I have to say, one person that Doug deserves some more credit is Darvin. He put together, I thought, a basketball game plan in a short period of time to make sure they had the right tools, the right strategy to slow that team down. As you said, the Pacers lead the NBA in scoring. Tyrese Halliburton was has been incredible, but you did notice him out there. One thing I keep thinking about with AD, he was so good 
that when he fouled up Miles Turner, Miles decided, I don't want to see him anymore. I'm just going to the locker room. I am sick of Anthony Davis. I don't want to see that man. He might have gone right to the tables, BT. So, so I'm out of yeah. here. Yeah. I'm going to do something else tonight. I don't know what this means, big picture. I, let's just do this. After the break, I'm going to share with you what I think it means most. All right, so stick around. Times Lakers show. I am in Dallas, Texas. BT is in Pasadena, California. Is that all right? That I said that? That your city? That's correct. Where the Rose Bowl will be held pretty soon between Alabama yes. and Michigan. Yes, he is there. I am here. Um, and you will be there with us after the break. We're back. The Times Lakers show where there was no prize pool for us from the in-season tournament, BT. We might need to talk to Dr. Pat about that. Um, anyways, Broderick, I, I, I teased. I did what we call in the business a tease um, of what I think this means. All right. And I had asked some sort of question to LeBron post game about kind of, you know, what this told them about their, their championship goals. And I was like, can't skip steps. That's way far away. I don't know that we can have that conversation yet. And he's mostly right. Uh, I will tell you, I think privately the level of defense that they played against Phoenix, against um, New Orleans, especially against Indiana is enough for them to look at their roster and say, all right, let's slow down a little bit here as we talk into trade season. Like, maybe maybe this this could be the group and and i think um these are only a handful of games they're only a handful of wins but bt defensively um i was talking to an assistant coach on the team uh before the finals and there was a word that he used to describe what he thought this defense could be and it was elite and we haven't seen that really so far this season in big stretches but when you can stagger Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt, when Torian Prince moves from being the primary perimeter defender to the guy who's covering the second guy, right? Um, when you have a fully engaged LeBron James, you have AD playing the way AD's playing. Now we're getting ready to add Gabe Vincent back into this mix here soon, right? Another defensive-minded guy. You have Max Christie, a player yes. who has figured out how he can impact games defensively. His energy is completely where it needs to be. Um, they've got dogs on the defensive end, but like particularly the reddish Christie Vanderbilt yes. guard one through three. Those will be the guys that you put on Steph, Ja, Jamal Murray, um, you know, whatever elite guards, like you're going to Devin Booker. They were fantastic on Devin Booker. Um, really physical with him. Um, those are going to be those guys. And I'm not sure this team has enough offense, PT, but I think it can guard. And I think that was my biggest takeaway from the since season tournament was that they have the defensive chops as is today to be good enough. You said you don't know if they have enough offense. I would say when Anthony Davis is playing at a high, high level, they do. When he is engaged, I won't say demanding because that's not his personality, but when LeBron James is telling Anthony Davis, take us home, 
You are the dominant force here. You have to be that. When he's playing that on offense, because his defense rebounding will always be there. But when he decides, I'm not saying he's going to score 41 a night every single night. Okay, maybe he should. Come on, AD, you can do that. He, but, I, I will make this prediction, BT. He will not. That will not happen every no, night. They will not. You're correct. Well, you put a smart there. Thank you. Another takeaway, Potts. We got to get the sensors ready for this part. All right. Um, Producer Mark, I want to read you guys a quote that I got from D'Angelo Russell. And and we need to talk about this because it um, was maybe the most surprising thing that happened post game to me, which was so early in that game, D'Angelo Russell like really, really went at Bruce Brown. Um, got two fouls of Bruce Brown, went right in his face and went like two. Like, okay. Delo like Delo isn't afraid to talk. He's a confident dude, but he is like the you know when they show like the the heart machine when someone dies, like that is a flat line dude. Like it is one of the the major sort of criticisms when people talk about Delo is he doesn't show enough emotion. It's hard to know if he cares, like like because he's so level. His personality is so level, right? He was not level in this game. Like he was hyped up. Here's the quote, Potts. Are we ready? Do you got the producers ready? The 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 sensor button. He was talking shit all year. Yeah, talking shit all year. For me, it was just showing it with my play. I don't have nothing to say to him. I'm a fan of him, to be honest. I like that part where he just re. So now he's reestablishing the rules where he's like, I like this dude. I don't know what his issue is. This was just all on the court. Got something to say? Show me on the court. Jokic ain't there next to you today. It's different. BT. Yes. Uh, you have covered this league long enough to know that this kind of thing is not, um, doesn't, this used to happen much more. <laughs> I guess that's my point. Um, in a league where everybody's boys with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, when I showed you this quote post game, what did you think? You made a face. I, I think you went like this. You went like, I went, whoa. But I loved it because, as you said, D'Angelo Russell is not someone that shows a lot of passion. He makes a bunch of threes, he will, but he's kind of a fair guy. He just does his thing and he's still smooth with it. Tries to be maybe too cool with it at times. Cool. Yes. You know, but to keep pointing at Bruce Brown and make that comment about Bruce, I said, okay. So there's something there as well that we see in the angle that will get under him, that will make him a little upset and make him play at a, at a higher level, a little bit harder, and to make sure that his team wins and then let Bruce know that, yeah, we're going to whoop your ass, Bruce. Yeah, the, and the origin that is from the Denver series last year where, where Bruce Brown yes. had kind of said, like, we're going to play D'Lo off the court. You can't guard anybody. Um, beat him off the court. And look, they did it. It was successful. D'Angelo Russell off the bench in game four when the Lakers needed to win a game. He didn't play very much. Um, good. Take that personal. It's personal. Take it personally, D'Angelo Russell. And then, by the way, like, I think, like, even more importantly, is he, like, managed that within the game? Like, this was not D'Lo's best game, but he managed that, like, job within the game. He managed that emotion. 
and he um, he didn't like you know go after Bruce Brown and try to get fifty on him, right? He got him out of the game, two quick fouls, to, right. like completely took him out of the game, and then as Dio every time he scored, uh, then he would yell at Bruce Brown on the bench, like he would just turn and yell at him, and it was funny at first, like guys would talk back, and then guys stopped talking back. Uh, it was really fun kind of watching that um the league needs more of that stuff and look credit to the NCAA tournament uh we've got a couple more things BT from Vegas we want to get to here um I want to talk to you about Austin Reeves um and you wrote a terrific story about him and then I also want to talk to you about the celebration and the banner that will be hung at Staples Center oh crypto.com arena sorry to the the Bitcoin folks I got that wrong I'm, I, I, you know, to be honest, I'm in the pocket of. Would a banner be hung? Would it be hung or would they be hanging? Um, I'm going to just let that just live. I'm not going to respond to that. So come right back. This is YouTube, guys. You can say whatever you want. Uh, Why don't you hang out, people? We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. Tournament people, hope your hangovers are um, in, in just still lingering a little bit. Uh, let's talk about someone who felt hungover uh, before the game, Austin Reeves, uh, who I saw pregame, and he walked past me on the way to the locker room, and I thought he was mad at me um, for but some then, reason because of was, how Could you blame crappy. him if he was? I mean, no. I'm mad at you, I'm at you no, right now. Well-deserved. It would have been well-deserved. He looked um, awful. And then pregame in the locker room, BT, everybody was listening to Adam Silver. I kind of went to the Laker locker room, and he was eating chicken and rice, and he was like, like, I mean, it was it was effort. To, to, it was like the rice weighed 30 pounds a grain. Like, he couldn't do it. Like, it was – and he's like – his eyes are rolling back in his head. And like, I mean, I don't mean to be dramatic on this stuff, but like, I'm like, I told him, um, I'm like, Austin, do you know how pale you have to look to look pale? And he kind of like laughed a little bit and was like, yeah, I mean, yeah. And it was as I was walking out, I told him, I was like, if you play well, like, you know, this is like a flu game. And he goes, and then I go, and if you suck, <laughs> it makes sense. And he didn't suck. He played awesome in that first half. Um, well, hold on, man. Hold, hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where you you're start? From, you're from Chicago. The flu this, game was hung. He was hung over. This ain't like the flu game, Dan. Stop That's right. it. You're a boy, yeah, man. You, 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 love can only deal, you can only deal with the circumstances that are presented to you. Dan. 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 Don't 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 do that to yourself. Oh, fine, whatever. He was sick. It wasn't the flu game. It was the RSV okay. game. Whatever you want to call it. All right. Thank it was you. Austin Reeves was not feeling well and had a good game. We'll just call it that. He told us, PT, that um <laughs> in a very Austin manner, uh, he thought about not playing, but his mother would have murdered him. Yes. That was the best lie he had. Your which, mom is gonna kill you if you don't play. Which I know. Austin's mom a little bit. I know Austin's parents and they are very like, they're both college basketball players, both crazy competitive people. And when he says things like I missed a free throw, my mom is probably mad at me. Um, he's not lying. Like he is telling the truth. Um, 
And it was nice after the game, his mom was there um, while he kind of looked sort of glazed over, um, you know, ready to just kind of go to bed. You know what I mean? Like he was going to fall asleep. Not on the injury report this week, though, so that's good news. He must be feeling a little better. He is the Lakers' third guy. He won't admit to it, but I think consistently across the board, he is the number three guy that LeBron and AD even feel that way about. Yeah, they trust him. Well, we saw that he could be a big game player in the playoffs. You saw when he played for USA Basketball in FIBA. He was one of USA Basketball's top players. It's Mm -hmm. it's been a little slow going for him early in the season. But, yes, he can be that guy. I want to end with this, BT. Let's talk about the two facets of the celebration. When we were there behind the scenes, there's the video of LeBron spraying champagne. I had to tell people – that lasted for like 65 seconds. Right. And then they, they went back to the locker room um, for a happy celebration. Like everybody was in a good mood, but this was not a wild party by any stretch. It was very controlled. I saw Torian Prince drink a Pepsi. It's true. There was a room of champagne, beer. Mm-hmm. The lockers were all taped. It was like the locker room was ready to be trashed, right? Basically, right. Um, the Lakers after they won were shuffled into said locker room. That is where you see the video of LeBron spraying champagne and doing that stuff. They then left that room pretty quickly to go back to their normal locker room where there was no champagne spraying, just the occasional Michelob Ultra being downed. Let's talk real quickly about the banner. I am not insulted at all by the the solution they landed on. I think that I fans, I think that fans take this stuff way too seriously as to like what hangs in the rafters, like it is a hallowed space. My general rule on this is like, to me, I am. I remember being a little kid going to a Bulls game and elbowing my dad and being like, "Who's that? Like, tell me about Chet Walker." You know what I mean? Or like you see, like when you, you, the people of the teams of the past, like, oh, Jerry Sloan played for the Bulls. Tell me about Jerry Sloan. You know, like some version of that. I don't know, 15 years from now, BT, if some little kid elbows his dad and says, son, let me tell you about the seven magical games of LeBron James in 2023. (laughs) Um, But maybe he will, because um, I don't know that we'll get this LeBron again necessarily. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, Championship LeBron. Put it up there. Um, it, it's not the same as a retired jersey. It's not the same as a world championship. Um, but it's probably worth being commemorated in some fashion. And I understand that in Los Angeles, it is a championship robust mentality. That is the driving sort of force in all decisions. But look, if this is the only thing that happens for the Lakers this year, um, it will be worth remembering. And I think, um, good, like, Good on them for figuring out a way to to not piss off a bunch of people um, by making it look like it's a you know exactly like the the championship banner for for threading the needle in some way. I I'm all for it. Do what bothers me. It bothers me that people are bothered. Damn. Why are you bothered that other people are being bothered? Well, because I'm an unstable. I, I am not bothered by those who are bothered by being bothered. Well, you know that's the that's the wine and the cigars. Man, so exactly, then just hey, 
Let it happen. Let it be. We have a special holiday edition of the show next week. Yeah. We will return with times like shows after that. Um, I want to ask you at, at the Turner household, there is one holiday song or I'll give you three holiday songs that, that play on repeat. What are those oh. three songs? Turner household. Uh, well, my little four-year-old nephew just coming to town. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that's for sure what we playing because he loved that song. Man, you're making me really think on that, man. I don't have kids. You have kids. No, you don't have to listen to the kids' songs. There are adult Christmas songs. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't. Yeah, I mean, her Christmas song. Which one is it? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. All and I want for Christmas is how about this. And there's another one by Nat King Cole. Old, old, old school. One of the most beautiful voices ever known to mankind. That song is on my list. If you're if you're referring to the Christmas song where it's chestnuts yes. roasting on an open fire, that, that one. Is, that is that is that is the one, Dad. It's not nothing like that, but that is the one. All right, BT. Um, I'm disappointed in your answers. There's a bunch out there. Okay. I'd like to imagine just a you know a young look, Broderick look, Turner. Give me your what are your three Dan? Okay, so that would have been on mine for sure. Um, the neck can call um, the Christmas song. Okay. Um, I really like uh, "Darling Loves Baby, Please Come Home." Like okay. I really like that song. Um, I think that's just like an awesome song. And then. I will go with. I'm looking right now here on my Christmas playlist. See, so you're cheating. You look well, at a list. I have the information in front of me. I, I like to know this is not cheating. I will go with um, "Fairy Tale in New York" by the Pokes. Merry Christmas, Dan. Happy holidays, Brad Turner. Let's not get canceled. All right, I'll talk to you soon.